Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are uh, glad you're with us. Uh, we are in the midst of a series that we've been calling uh, Multiply. About a month ago, we announced that on March 31st of this year, we'll be launching our second service on a Sunday morning. Uh, we knew this launch would happen at some point in, our, in the future of our church. We're excited about making this move and how the Lord continues to lead and direct and provide for His church. Last week, we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, which gives us a picture of how a healthy missional New Testament uh, body of Christ, how a local church functions. The New Testament gives several analogies of a church. It refers to uh, the church being a family or the church being uh, sheep and shepherds. Or, uh, and, and in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the church being uh, compared to a human body. We looked at four overarching truths that kind of form this umbrella of how a body of Christ functions and unity that we uh, are, are unified around some core doctrines. Some, uh, we are unified around loving God, loving people, and making disciples who make disciples. Uh, and yet there's uniqueness. We're not all uh, the same parts, uh, but each part does their, um, does their part in the body, and therefore we are interdependent. That was the third one, that there's mutual concern for one another. There's a relying on one another. And then that there's worth that whatever you do, whether in front or behind the scenes, big, small, whatever it is, it, it has worth in the kingdom of God. It has worth eternally. So if you missed that message, I'd encourage you to listen online because this message kind of builds off that one. Originally, I'd planned on talking about something else today, but in preparation for this week, I just sensed that we needed to go in a, a different direction. So today, the, the best message title I could give you is it's the sequel to last week, all right? There's not, there's not much creativity in that. It's simply the sequel. Uh, I think on your program, it talks about being generous and generosity toward the Lord and others, and we'll probably weave that into next week. All right, so today, I want to get more on the practical side of serving because many of you could be thinking, okay, I, I know I'm part of the body. I want to do my part, and now what? What's my next step, and how do I know uh, how I should be serving? How do I know how I'm gifted or shaped for, for ministry and Others of you have already stepped up and are trying out different areas of ministry, which is really encouraging and exciting. So this morning, we're going to work through this acrostic called SHAPE. This is not new. It's been around for years. We use it in our Discover Crosspoint class. This won't be new to many of you, this, this idea. Um, but I believe uh, that, that it'll be worthwhile because I think sometimes we, we can talk about some, some overarching thoughts, but sometimes we just got to drill down deep and say, okay, uh, what's this mean for day-to-day life? What's this mean for me and my heart and, and how I'm gifted for ministry? And my hope is that, uh, that if you're already serving, that this will be just kind of a confirmation of where you're at. Or maybe through this, uh, the Spirit prompts you to, to start serving in another area. Like, yeah, I, I could see myself serving there and that kind of being a, a perfect fit for me. And, and so you step there. Or, or maybe if you're not serving yet, it, it just kind of helps identify like, yeah, okay, that, that could be where I begin trying out serving in this local church. And so I pray this message is practical, uh, equipping for hands and feet, but also encouraging and challenging to our hearts as we, as we continue to move forward as a church. SHAPE standing, uh, stands for this, this acrostic. S is for spiritual gifts. HEART uh, is the H, or passions that we have. Uh, A is the abilities or talents that God has given to us. P is personality, and E is is experiences both the good and the bad ones. We're going to put the majority of our time and focus on spiritual gifts, but I don't want you to miss these other four parts because I, I feel like they kind of give a better, well-rounded um, view of how God has, uh, has uh, wired us for ministry. 
So we'll, we'll tackle those four, and then we'll come back to spiritual gifts toward the end. Uh, H, heart. There are certain things that we have a deep passion for. Uh, you might have a burden for a specific uh, people or a place, an intense desire to make this difference in a particular area of life. Here are some potential examples. Uh, you love to design and develop. Uh, you, you, you make something out of nothing. Uh, you love to organize. You help um, develop systems that lead to greater effectiveness. Uh, you love to serve and help to assist others. Uh, you love to repair, to, to uh, fix what is broken. Uh, maybe you love to work with marriages or you love to work with children. You love to work with students or, or maybe the elderly or a specific uh, people group uh, that, uh, that, that's around you. Or maybe those who don't know Jesus yet. You love to dialogue and have conversation with the lost. And uh, Some questions to maybe help you discover what your heart is and how God has gifted you and uh, given you some passions and, to, and desires. Questions to consider. Uh, where do you want to make a difference? Uh, where do you care? Uh, who do you care most about? What do you care about? What, what keeps you up late at night? What causes you to get up the next day and like, I can't wait for this day because I get to go here or I get to work with this person or this situation? And that you're just, you, you know, you don't hit the snooze because you're, you're just up and you're going. All right, so that, that's heart. The next one is abilities. Abilities without God are just skills. Abilities with God are tools for ministry and are used to accomplish God's purposes. Some of you might think that, well, I just don't have really any abilities to offer, but, but nothing could be further from the truth. The goal then is to, is to match our, our abilities with the right ministry because I think when we do that, then we just really find joy in serving. Not that it's always just skipping in lollipops and unicorns, but, but there's just this deep joy like, I, just, I could do this till the day I die because I'm in my shape. I'm, I'm matching my abilities with the, um, with the ministry that I'm in. Here are some examples that you may have. Uh, recruiting ability. Uh, you can invite people into ministry and motivate and encourage people to get involved. Feeding ability, a classic one for the body of Christ, right? You love to feed people. What a practical way to show love in, a, in an area that our church can grow in as, as we mature. Just a, just a very easy way to show love to those um, around us. So you love to feed people. Carpentry ability. Uh, you can build, construct, remodel, repair. Uh, you just you, you love to, to serve in that way, and that can be used in a practical way to show God's love to the people around us. Resourceful ability. If someone says, hey, can you find uh, the best, most cost-effective way to do this? Or can you research this and get her done? And uh, you can find the resources. You and MacGyver, you're a lot alike. All right? you, can just, you can get it done and you can do it in a way that is uh, practical and meets needs. P uh, stands for personality. Look around. Er- Eric's already had you look around, but I'm going to have you look around again. God has not wired us all the exact same way, right? Not all of us have the same personalities, and that is healthy. If we are all raging extroverts, then who would ever listen? All right? If we are all raging introverts, then who would ever talk? Right? God is not asking you to suddenly turn into someone you're not. We just kind of you just got to re- just dispel that. Well, he's asking me to suddenly transform and be somebody I'm not. No, no. God has knit you together long before your mother knew you. You've been made in the image and likeness of God, creator. So I'm not asking you, and God is not asking you to suddenly turn into someone you're not. 
He's asking you to use your shape to find your part in the body of Christ so that his, so his purposes might be accomplished. There are a ton of different uh, personality tests out there. Um, I'm not going to run you through a personality test of here, here's a paper in front of you and you need to check these things. But uh, we, we've done a couple, uh, we've done this one by Gary Smalley before uh, in our marriage and then uh, with some people before. I think it's, it's fitting. It compares personalities to animals. You're typically a blend of a couple animals or you're dominant in one over the other. Uh, now this might hit home not just for ministry, but this might hit home in your marriage or with your friends, your parents. Your parents might be one of these and you're like, oh, now I get it. Now I get why we butt heads because we're the exact same. Or So feel free to elbow whoever you want around you. Point at like that's you. All right, we're going to try to make fun of them a little bit because we can do that. Uh, but we're also going to talk about how they're important for the kingdom of God and how God uses these four different personality types for his purposes. So the first one are lions. Uh, these are the clerics or cholerics. Uh, their strengths, they're often uh, visionary, strong-willed, independent, decisive. Uh, when they play follow the leader, they love to play follow the leader as long as they're the leader, right? They're like, I don't want to follow anybody else, but I'll be the leader. You want to play follow the leader? Come on, let's follow me, all right? Weaknesses or dark sides of this type. They can be uh, domineering. Uh, they don't delegate well sometimes. Unemotional, stubborn, uh, kind of self-sufficient. Like they hear last week's message about the body of Christ being interdependent on one another, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's good for them, but not me. I'm kind of an island unto myself. I don't need anybody, and, and I'm kind of self-sufficient. In the end, we need lions, though. We need leaders who will say, let's charge this hill. Let's go after this vision. So, so lions make for great community group leaders or teachers and sun chasers or uh, leaders in first impression teams. The next animal here is otters. These are the sanguins. Uh, their strengths, they're outgoing, talkative, enthusiastic. They're the ones who walk into the room with their mouth leading the way. All right? They're the life of the party. I mean, but their weaknesses is they can be undisciplined, unproductive, kind of uh, egocentric, uh, me monsters, if you uh, like Brian Regan. Like, <laughs> this is Bill Cosby, but like, hey. <laughs> I'm switching comedians on you, but like, like, hey, look at me, look at me. Like, they're the ones sometimes you get in a conversation and like, oh, that was enjoyable to listen to you. Thank you for not asking a, one question about me. Um, it was enjoyable to listen. But, okay. but in the end, we need otters. We need people who remind us of the joy and life and delight we have in the Lord and in ministry, who are out there meeting new people. So otters can be great in sun chasers, bringing High energy to high energy kids, all right? Great in first impressions. Next personality type, uh, golden retrievers. They are phlegmatic in nature. Uh, their strengths are often, uh, they're calm or easygoing, dependable, quiet, diplomatic. They often have a dry sense of humor. Uh, in their weaknesses, uh, they can be procrastinators, unmotivated, indecisive, prone to worry. Sometimes they can find their identity in, in people's praises or criticism, Rather than in Christ, they can kind of just sway back and forth depending on what people think of them. In the end, though, we need golden retrievers because these are the ones that are, will slow down enough to listen, to slow down enough to love on people. They're the quiet ones often ministering to and uh, serving others behind the scenes. 
They're great as community group leaders, great as teachers, great at common grounds, first impressions. Last animal <clears throat> is beavers. They're melancholy in nature. Uh, their strengths are often they're analytical, self-disciplined, organized, self-sacrificing. Uh, their weaknesses, though, they, they can sometimes be moody or self-centered, uh, quick to um, be pessimistic or critical. Like they can just resist change. Change hits them. and They're like, oh, I can point out everything that's wrong with that. And they can kind of resist it in that way. Or they hear a verse of, well, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. And they're like, yeah, not me, though. I walk by sight. I walk by facts. This is how I walk. All right, instead of walking by faith. In the end, though, we, we need people who look at the facts, who think with their heads and not just with their feelings, who help organize and ad- administer behind the scenes. They're great people to, to work with sound or video or Sun Chasers registration or just a multitude of areas. L- l- listen, and these are just ideas. These are just ideas of where your shape, so to speak, fits in with ministry. What I don't want you to think is, well, he didn't give that example for that one, and, well, I guess it won't work for me, or, or you're pigeonholed here, and that you can't serve elsewhere. I, I just want you to hear from the Lord in the end. I want you to answer his call. I want you to say yes to him, not what Dave is saying or Dave is proposing. So, uh, in a sense, today we're kind of just throwing out some uh, fishing lines to our hearts and say, okay, what about this and what about that and how has God wired you for these different areas? So the last one here is um, uh, E, is for uh, shape, E standing for experiences. Not just your good experiences like your your education or your past ministry experiences, but but your bad ones as well. Uh, The cliche is, is true that God never wastes a trial. It's often through pain or walking through a particular road that God redeems that and God uses that that experience to to minister to others who better to walk the road of cancer who better to walk the road of a loss of a loved one who better to walk the road of addiction than those who have walked that road before and God has redeemed it not that it becomes codependent and unhealthy but God's redeemed that and now uses that to minister to serve to impact those around them so there's heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Now let's skip back to spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administra- administrating God's grace in its various forms. A spiritual gift is a, is a God-given special ability to, uh, given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit to be used to serve others to build up the local church. There are five major uh, lists of gifts in Scripture. Romans 12, 6 through 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, and then 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. And before we get into the list of gifts, we have, there's 19. I'm just going to kind of go at them through buckshot and just, just kind of rattle them off here. But, but before we get there, I feel like we need to have some, talk about some general truths as they relate to spiritual gifts. Here's the first thought. There's no such thing as varsity gifts and JV gifts. Uh, by that, uh, sometimes we look through a list and we just kind of, in our heads, we just kind of rank them. We're like, well, that's varsity. That's like four-year letterman right there. And uh, just the freshman B team. I'm just like, yeah, this gift map. It's not how the kingdom of God works. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about how every member has worth. Every member has a part to play. This is about equal playing time. 
right? If a part of the body stops working, then that's a problem. Next thought, uh, figuring out your gifts is a community project. We often discover our spiritual gifts as we do life and ministry together. You can take all the gifts assessments that you want, but I think the best thing, two, two of the best things we can do is begin to ask the people around us who know us the best, say, what do you see in me? What, what do you see in my life? And begin asking those closest to us. And then the second thing is just to begin to serve. Uh, sometimes we just kind of are hesitant. Well, I'm not sure what my gift is. I, I'm kind of paralysis by analysis. I'm just kind of stuck. I need to know my gift before I take a step. And no, you don't. You just begin to serve. And I think God, God reveals that as you, as you serve. That's been the way in my, in my life. Ten years ago, there's some spiritual gifts that never would have, I don't think, would have shown up. But God just kind of cultivates that and reveals that as we uh, continue to walk in obedience. Next thought. Uh, if, you're not, if, if we're not using our gifts, then the body of Christ is, in its effectiveness, it's shortchanged. It is uh, cheated. Because if we're coming together and someone is kind of holding out on us, then ministry is less effective. Take this analogy. If you're coming to my house for a party and you brought this incredible pulled pork barbecue platter of meat, all right, you brought that. And then you came to the, came to the house, came to the door, and you said, oh, I'm, he- I'm here, and, but, but I left my barbecue in the, in the car. Right. That would be frustrating to my palate. It would be. I, I love you. I'm glad you're here. But why don't you go get what you brought and bring it to the table? Bring it in here. And that's sometimes what we do with our gift. We, we, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here at Crosspoint. I'm glad God is at work in your life. But go out to your car and bring in your gift and use it for his kingdom. Don't just leave it out there. Next thought. Spiritual gifts are not just for corporate, uh, under-the-church roof uh, ministry. Yes, we're talking about how these gifts kind of align with Crosspoint ministries we have around here, but don't stop there. We also express our spiritual gifts in community group with one another and in life. So if you have a gift of mercy, then use that in your workplace and with your friends and a gift of helps, then help and serve the people around you. Gifts of teaching, then teach those people in your home. Don't wait for the church to give you a structure to run with, but use your spiritual gifts in life the other six days of the week, not just when you're under this roof. Next thought, uh, the gifts are never to be worshipped more than the giver of those gifts. The whole purpose of gifts is to build up and strengthen the body of Christ. Not to be used for the glory of self, but the glory of God and His purposes. Uh, Next thought, we can't use gifts as an excuse to not get into ministry. Sometimes uh, ministry doesn't require spiritual spiritual gift at at all. It's just simply a willing heart, a desire to be used by God. So you can't say, well, my gift is teaching, so unless I'm teaching, then, you know, then I guess I don't have anywhere to serve. Philippians 2 calls us to have a, an attitude like that of Christ, a servant's heart. Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't have a gift for washing feet. He simply did it to set an example, and we are to follow that same example. Last thing, uh, we, can't use our, we can't use a lack of gift to justify a lack of obedience. For example, well, I don't have the gift of giving, so I don't give. Mm, Scripture says every follower of Christ is called to give generously and sacrificially, faithfully, cheerfully. What about this one? I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I don't talk to people about my faith. 
Every believer is called to be a witness, Acts 1.8. Every believer is called to go and make disciples, Matthew 28. So, so there's some just kind of overarching thoughts on spiritual gifts. Now we'll start working through them. And my, my, my hope is, is that you just look at this list and be like, yeah, that's me, or yeah, that's my neighbor, or, and you start to identify some of this stuff in, in your own experience, in your own, in your own heart. <clears throat> First of all, a group that gifts that equip others. Pastoring, this is also sometimes called shepherding. It's the ability to nurture, care for, guide people toward ongoing spiritual maturity. This doesn't just apply to those in full-time ministry. But people with this gift are supportive. They're highly relational. They assume responsibility for shepherding a group of people, whether that be a class of children, a community group, a group of friends, prophecy or preaching. It's the ability to publicly communicate God's Word in an inspired way, whether that be a one-on-one conversation or in a group setting. People with this gift often speak a a timely word of uh, conviction or encouragement, affirmation. They're tuned in to what the Holy Spirit wants to say at a given time to to a given uh, person or people. Teaching, it's the ability to take the Bible and clearly explain and apply the Bible in a way that, that causes understanding and application. People with this gift uh, communicate sp- scriptural truth in a way that brings about life change and helps apply biblical truth to uh, life situations. They love to equip and train other people for ministry. So if you have this gift, then use it in Sun Chasers or in community group or with the people around you evangelism it's the ability to effectively communicate the good news of jesus to unbelievers in a way that's full of grace and truth so that they might respond to the love and hope and the truth of jesus christ people with this gift love to engage the lost in dialogue and conversation about the good news they're sensitive to the needs and the roadblocks unbelievers may have apostle it's the ability to uh, start new churches or ministries or or mission organizations and oversee their development. People with this gift pioneer new organizations. They adapt really well to to new cultures or new communities. Leadership, it's the ability to clearly communicate the direction or vision of a group. The ability to uh, motivate others to work together toward uh, a common goal. People with this gift are are visionary or or big-picture goal-minded. They love to equip people for ministry. Discernment. It's the ability to uh, distinguish right from wrong, truth from error, and to discern whether that experience is from God's Spirit or something else. People with this gift can kind of sniff out the fake, the phony, all right? And yet they're also sensitive to the needs of others that just might be kind of behind the the surface. Like, what's really going on there? And they just kind of get this Holy Spirit nudge or this hunch that something is, is more than meets the eye. Encouragement, sometimes called exhortation. It's the ability to strengthen, comfort, urge to action those who are discouraged or wavering in their faith. People with this gift speak words of life into others. They're motivating and uplifting and point people to the promises and hope and truth found in Christ. Uh, see, once again, you see these gifts and it's not just under the church roof. These gifts are just being part of the body of Christ with one another. Wisdom. It's the ability to understand God's perspective on life situations and and share those insights in a simple, understandable way. Uh, They're often good decision makers and can just give some practical insight when it comes to making choices and decisions. Faith. It's the ability to to trust God for what cannot be seen and act on God's promise, regardless of what the circumstances indicate. 
the willingness to risk failure in pursuit of a God-given vision, uh, expecting God to handle the obstacles. Uh, Knowledge. It's the uh, God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by communicating God's truth uh, to others in a way that promotes honesty and understanding. Uh, People with this gift have a clear sense of hearing from the Lord, and sometimes it's not just through natural means, but they just get this hunch from the Lord and what what He wants to say at a given time. Next is a, is a group of gifts that support others. Administration. It's the ability to organize and manage people, resources, and time for effective ministry and coordinate all these details and execute them. Um, uh, people with this gift strive for efficiency and delegate well. They love to take on this event or this, this project and, and administrate it. Service or helps. It's the ability to uh, recognize unmet needs and then take the initiative to provide practical assistance quickly and cheerfully without a need for recognition. People with this gift, they just love to help others doing the little things behind the scenes uh, for God's purposes. Mercy, the ability to detect a hurt and empathize with those who are suffering. People with this gift of mercy provide compassionate and and Jesus-like support for those who are experiencing distress or crisis or pain. Uh, They're often caring and loving and empathetic and and sensitive to the needs of others. Hospitality. It's the ability to make others, especially strangers, feel warmly welcomed, accepted, comforted. Uh, The ability to coordinate factors that that promote fellowship and community. Great for uh, community group leaders. Great for common grounds. Great for first impressions. Giving, it's the ability to uh, uh, generously contribute money and resources to kingdom priorities with cheerfulness so the body of Christ, so the good news uh, of Jesus Christ might spread. People with this gift find just deep joy in meeting the needs of others, but they don't want the praise for it. They're not saying, hey, look at me. They just want to use their gift and use what God has given them for his purposes. The last group is gifts that demonstrate God's power, healing, The ability to pray in faith specifically for people who need physical, emotional, or spiritual healing and and see God answer according to His will. Miracles, it's the ability to pray in in faith specifically for God's supernatural intervention into an impossible situation and see God do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And then tongues and interpretation, it's the ability to, to speak in a language unknown to the speaker and it must be explained by one with the gift of interpretation. So, really fast, going through 19 different gifts. Did anything pop out to you? Anything like, yeah, I could see that one, two, three in my own life, in my own experience, or I could kind of see God cultivating that in my own heart? Now, practically speaking, now what? Uh, Part of the goal of this Multiply series is to mobilize the entire church for ministry, for you to find a place of serving within the church and to see us multiply the effectiveness and reach of our ministry throughout the body of Christ be his hands and feet. So we're taking next steps here in January in preparation for what's to come in March. So I want to work through some specific areas of ministry that we have lots of opportunities to serve in, basically two different groups. The first are areas that you could jump into on day one, uh, and that we'll start working through that list now. First impressions. These volunteers help initiate an atmosphere that's welcoming, warm, inviting, from umbrellas when it's raining to staffing guest connections to kind of pointing people in the right direction, answering questions that people may have. Lots of different gifts and abilities and shapes and personalities needed in that ministry. 
sound and video, uh, volunteers serving behind the scenes to make sure we know what words to sing and uh, what, when to play the videos and make sure we can actually hear it and how that all comes together. See, that's vital. Because if it didn't work, I mean, this is when we're like, hey, I don't know what words to sing or I can't hear anything. This is vital, and yet it's behind the scenes. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's an area to, um, to consider to serve in. Common Grounds, volunteers who, uh, who help serve coffee and hot drinks and create this, this atmosphere, this environment that we're trying to create on Sunday mornings of building 3D relationships and a great spot for hospitality, encouragement, gifts. In all these areas, uh, you can serve even if you're not sure what you believe about Jesus yet. You're here and you're seeking, you're exploring who Jesus is and, and what he's done and what it means to be a believer. And these are great areas to serve in. Or you're a believer and you're not yet a member of Crosspoint. And once again, these are great opportunities to jump into. These are vital. These are necessary. These are not JV. These are all vital. These all have worth in the kingdom. The second group of opportunities are for those who have been around Crosspoint for at least uh, six months. You're members of Crosspoint. They're like, this is your church home. I'm all in. I'm following Jesus. And, and my heart is, I'm walking in the light. And so, so you could term these, uh, these as leading, shepherding, teaching type roles. Uh, the ministry that we have the most opportunity for is in Sun Chasers, our children's ministry. We put together a short little video of teacher testimonies and student testimonies that's worth watching. I love working in Sun Chasers because I love being with all the kids and they've taught me so much about how to love the Lord through their tiny little eyes. I like working with the children because they're pretty cool little kids. They teach me a lot and in return we teach them a lot. So, And I kind of join friendship with them. So that's why I serve. Through teaching at Sun Chasers, the Lord has taught me um, how to think like a child taught me how to be a better mother to my own children. Um, I really enjoy being back here with the kids. Um, they make it fun. They make it worth coming here every Sunday and um, seeing them um, get into God's Word and, and when they, even at age four, when they can memorize a, a verse and they're excited in their eyes when they come in here every week. It, it just makes it worth it. Just a wonderful opportunity to uh, interact with the kids, uh, learn more about Jesus, and just hear all the wonderful things that they have to say about how Jesus impacted their lives as well. So, serving with the kids in the back uh, helps every week that I come back here, they're more happy than I am. They're actually happy to see me, so it's enjoyable to be there and see them and see their response to things, and they actually get some of the things. It's humble to be able to hear them say Bible verses and to be able to be a part of their upbringing and their and their uh, their faith that you're encouraging them to build and to have. So uh, it's an awesome experience that you guys should do. Everybody should do this at least once just to see if it's, if it's your thing or not. And uh, it's a fun thing for me to do and I will never not do it unless I physically can. So. See, sound and video, it's important, isn't it? 
uh, we will have that online, um, and uh, you can watch it there. The rest of the video is full of, 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 te- of, of ch- students talking about what they've learned in Sun Chasers, why they love Sun Chasers. It's uh, well worth your time, so we will get that out to you. Um, I'm glad. We, we have an otter in our family. I'm not sure if you noticed, but we have an otter in our family. Anyways, so Sun Chasers, uh, whether it's children's ministry or children's registration, teaching a small group of children, leading worship, teaching large group, caring for children in the nursery, helping set up space on Sunday mornings, there's all sorts of opportunities. Volunteers serve in a regular rotation, typically you know, one week off, one week on, or one month on, one month off. All sorts of gifts and shapes are needed in Sun Chasers. In the end, we want to multiply the ministry, the impact we have on, the ne- on that next generation. We want to open up more space for kids to hear about Jesus, to learn about Jesus, to grow in their faith. That is worthwhile ministry. Hype students, Sun Chasers is a great area for you to serve in to come alongside teachers, to regularly assist in classrooms or in worship. You could serve as mentors uh, to that next generation, investing into those children. The call is on your life as well, to love God, love people, and go and make disciples. You don't do that when you get old. You do that at your age now, in your stage of life. So maybe for you it's attending one service and serving in the other and getting connected to a particular age and sun chasers, like, I just want to serve with the three-year-olds or the first graders or so on. Another area that we love to develop is, this, is a team to, to greet and guide new families as they come into sun chasers, to not just say, hey, your class is down there, but to, but to walk with them. And, and, but we need a, a, a point person, a couple, some, somebody saying, hey, I'll, I'll organize that, I'll train people, I'll schedule them, and we will create ministry that is, is dynamic. And we would love to see that, that that grow because once again this is about building relationships so we do that in the course of ministry in everything we do another area we have opportunities uh, outside of sun chasers is worship band some of you have the ability to play an instrument or or you have a great singing voice and it's not just your mom telling you that but but other people are confirming this truth about you and you're using that and you're not using that ability right now i have a friend on facebook and she she posted a facebook video of her singing and i'm like why aren't you on our worship team? All right. Oh, yeah, I, I sang it in my church growing up. And Why aren't you singing here? All right. This is just what happens when you put something on social media. You will get pastor emails. All right. Um, but maybe you think, well, it's just covered. And, uh, but, but we want to see more people use their abilities and, and see that team expand. Psalm 33.3 uh, says, Sing to him a new song, play skillfully, and shout for joy. So, yeah, there's skill needed. I'm not, I'm, I'm not discounting that. But, but do you love Jesus and you play the bass, you play the keys, or you have this killer voice? Well, talk to Eric about exploring the opportunity, possibly about uh, serving in that ministry. Another area is hosting and leading 3D community groups. As we grow larger, we must grow smaller. So we've got to see more living rooms, more kitchens opened up for ministry. Uh, so you, do you have the gift of teaching or encouragement or, or pastoring or service or helps, administration, hospitality? Not the only gifts, but great gifts for this area of 3D community. In your program, if you want to open up your program, you've got an insert in there. You've got two, actually. First one I want to talk about is, is the bigger of the two uh, with uh, the multiply theme on there. But this, this insert basically is, is a way for you to kind of raise your hand and say, I'm interested in, in exploring some of these areas. 
By checking a box, it doesn't mean you're obligated for life or that we will show up at your door at noon today. We will wait till tomorrow to show up at your door at noon, all right? But no, I'm just teasing. Uh, but honestly, this is just, just trying to create a, a simple next step for you to say, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in some of these areas. It doesn't have to just be one, but it could be several. Uh, just exploring these ideas. Uh, we want to f- make this process simple and not try to make it complicated. For those involved in leading, shepherding, teaching others, we'll email you this week and have you fill out kind of a, a short application. Don't, don't get freaked out by the word application. All right, but it's an opportunity for us to kind of hear your heart, why you want to get involved, hear your heart for the Lord, your background, your faith story, all those kind of things. We've already had three or four people step up and begin to serve in sun chasers or kind of raise their hand, which is super encouraging. Our plan then is over the next couple of weeks start to connect people to ministry, to teams and, and volunteers and get ready for that second service launch at the end of March. By moving to two services, it's going to open up an opportunity for some households to, to serve in one and attend the other. That's, that's the way it's going to work for our family. Uh, for others with small children, small children, that won't work. They're like climbing the walls after one service, so you're not going to have them in nursery for, for two services. That's okay, all right? We have many super faithful volunteers who serve one week and then attend the other week and then stay in the know and be encouraged from God's Word using the podcast. Another opportunity might be for your, your family to serve and attend in Sun Chasers one service and then attend the other service as a family together to worship together, to hear the Word taught together. Uh, as we come across messages that are PG-13 in nature, you will have a heads up from your pastor. We've had a couple of those last fall, so you're not going to be scrambling for earmuffs. All right, oh, my first grader's in here. All right, we will give you a heads up for that, but, but those are great opportunities possibly for your family to worship together. If you're already serving, continue to serve for the glory of God. Continue to serve. And, and I pray that looking at shape kind of reaffirms that. Like, yeah, I, I see why I'm there. I see why I love to serve uh, in that ministry. If you're not serving yet, then take a next step. Begin to indicate some areas or an area that you'd like to serve in according to your shape. Uh, basically, you can, you can fill this out, leave this at Guest Connections. Uh, we'll just have somebody back there kind of receiving these. There's one question on there for those who are post-high school. I'm not a Crosspoint member yet, but would like to become one. Right now, we have 26 people going through Discover Crosspoint. If for some, for some reason Sunday nights didn't work for you, but you're still like, I'd like to take the class, then let us know that. And if there's a big enough group, we will make something happen, all right? We will get her done. We'll figure out something between here and March to be able to do another Discover Crosspoint class. So please indicate that and let us know that as well. At the core of why we serve is because Jesus set the example. In our serving, we become more like him. This is gospel-centered service. We serve because he first served us. We love because he first loved us. We come together to be the body of Christ so that more might know of Jesus and respond to the good news. 1 Peter 4.10 in the ESV translation says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Crosspoint, you've been given gifts, passions, and abilities, personalities, experiences. And you and I are responsible for using those gifts for God's purposes, for His glory. And I pray that just as a church, we would continue to say yes to His promptings as we follow Him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You for who You are, for what You have done. Just give us abundant wisdom and discernment now, not only in this service, but in this week ahead, 
of where you're calling us to step out and serve or where you're calling us just to remain and be faithful. I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the culture that we've had for nine and a half years to be the body of Christ. I thank you this church is not built on on me or, or the staff, but it's built on you. And you are so worth it. You are so worthwhile. And I pray that as a church, we would say yes to you in our, in our obedience to you, in our, in our lives. We would say yes to you in, how you, in, the, in the ways that you're calling us to serve one another, be dedicated to one another, and we would continue to say yes to you, to be salt and light, to go and make disciples, to be a witness to the ends of the earth, to spread your good news, There's no mission greater on this earth than to give our lives and everything everything we have to that mission. Convict us, encourage us, draw us close to you this week. Help us to find uh, just delight and joy and rejoice in your salvation this week. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you that you're the chief shepherd and you're the leader, you're the provider, you're the savior, you're the Lord of 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 this church. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. If you're curious about where to get connected to a community group, Kevin and Christy Funk are going to be back at Guest Connections. And then mark your calendars. Two weeks from today, we are breaking bread at 8.30 for breakfast together back in the family room. God bless. Have a good week. I love working in Sun Chasers because I love being with all the kids and they've taught me so much about how to love the Lord through their tiny little eyes. I like working with the children because they're pretty cool little kids. They teach me a lot and in return we teach them a lot. So. And I kind of join friendship with them. So that's why I serve. Teaching at Sun Chasers, the Lord has taught me um, how to think like a child taught me how to be a better mother to my own children. Um, I really enjoy being back here with the kids. Um, They make it fun. They make it worth coming here every Sunday and um, seeing them um, get into God's Word and and when they, even at age four, when they can memorize a a verse and they're excited in their eyes when they come in here every week. It it just makes it worth it. Just a wonderful opportunity to uh, interact with the kids, uh, learn about Jesus, and just hear all the wonderful things that they have to say about how Jesus impacted their lives as well. So, serving with the kids in the back uh, helps every week that I come back here. They're more happy than I am. They're actually happy to see me, so it's enjoyable to be there and see them and see their response to things, and they actually get some of the things. It's humble to be able to hear them say Bible verses and be able to be a part of their upbringing and their and their uh, their faith that you're encouraging them to build and have. So uh, it's an awesome experience that you guys should do. Everybody should do this at least once just to see if it's, if it's your thing or not. And uh, it's a fun thing for me to do and I will never not do it unless I physically can't. So. Money to the other children. I like to sing. I like to do the small group things. 
Instead, I get to sing and learn about God and get to learn about stories and be thankful for the things I have. Learning about Jesus and coming here to uh, worship with my friends. And feeling you my Bible. Uh, singing and praising the Lord. Messy and Jen and my teachers. Um, I really like the music at some places. Learning about God and Jesus at some places. It's that we get to learn about Jesus. Singing with Jesus. Learning about God? I don't know. <laughs> uh, he watched our path so we don't live in the dark and that he uh, loves us and I got on cross to watch all these things. I've learned a lot of the Bible verses that I never knew before. Um, to be nice to people. The Jesus coming back on Easter. Is that Jesus was coming to the world to save it? Uh, I learned to become closer to God and uh, worship Him.